0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. There's a new book on uh, the market. It's On the Origin of the Deadliest Pandemic in 100 Years. The author is investigative journalist, Canadian, Elaine Dewar. And from the very first newscasts about a new SARS-like flu in China to today's COVID pandemic reality, Elaine Dura has investigated what's been going on. Uh, Is COVID a development of a natural lab? That was an early question. Still is a question. Why was Wuhan ground zero? What did governments do? And why did they respond so slowly? Who are these two scientists who were marched out of the Winnipeg National Microbiology Laboratory by the RCMP? What are the questions which must be answered about all of this? Why is China refusing to cooperate with the World Health Organization as the agency tries to get to the bottom of the COVID reality? Well, the book has received great reviews from, among others, The Globe and Mail. And uh, Elaine Dewar joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Corus Radio Network. Elaine, good to talk to you. Good to talk to you. It's a fascinating read. Um, and let's delve into this. What caused you to really investigate covid Its origins, its impact, the satellite issues which surround COVID, including significant issues like the Winnipeg Biosecurity Lab matter. Uh, What what caused you to engage in investigating COVID as you did?
1: Well, two things. The first was that uh, it began pretty much at the same time I was burying my mother, who, in fact, was the survivor of the great flu epidemic of 1918 19, didn't realize that her own mother had died from it. Day before her first birthday, Um, this was a family secret that was kept from her until she was 14 years old, and it really, when the secret was revealed, it changed her life, and in a way it changed mine, because when she told me about it, I began to understand why secrets are dangerous and need to be dealt with, thus became a journalist. I, I was really interested by January because the first reports that were coming out about what was going on in Wuhan um made it pretty clear that something very familiar was happening in China. So the first SARS uh pandemic, which was two thousand and two, two thousand and three, also began in China. Also information about it was suppressed uh for months and um It it landed in Canada, in Toronto, um, to everyone's great shock and surprise, and killed quite a few Torontonians who uh, found themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. The reports I was seeing in January really reminded me of what was going on in the media uh, with the original SARS, and that sort of piqued my interest. But in particular, when um, the Public Health Agency of Canada kept saying the risk is low... While I'm watching on television uh, in Wuhan, they're putting up emergency hospitals within a 10-day span, Uh, (laughs) and we already had our first victim uh, reporting to Sunnybrook Hospital by the 23rd of January. I knew something really serious was going on, and I just couldn't restrain myself from trying to find out what and
0: why. Yeah. So your earliest findings about conditions uh, in in, it's Wuhan then, is it not Wuhan? Wuhan. 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 Uh, Emerging cases internationally, as you said, uh, including Canada and China's downplaying of the impact of COVID, while simultaneously they locked down Wuhan. A city. It's not a small place. It's eleven million people. That's right. Right. So and and then and I and and we had a guest on who uh, Canadian who actually is a businessman in China and he was telling us about all of the structure the uh the, the closing of society and what was expected of each and every citizen and, and resident this was serious business so they closed down a city of 11 million meanwhile our federal health minister when she's being asked by a reporter if there's a link to uh, to china then wuhan for covid she said that was racist did, did, uh, which one of these moments what was the what was the uh-oh moment for you
1: the ah-ah the moment happened pretty much at the end of January. There was uh, a piece put up on what's called a preprint site, which is not a peer-reviewed journal, but somebody's trying to get it out there quickly and will soon be supplying it to a peer-reviewed journal by two scientists in China, in Wuhan actually, both leading scientists in their fields, who said... Really, we've got to be looking at a lab leak as a possibility here because in Wuhan we have two major centers of science who have been studying coronaviruses um, that have been sampled from bats all over China, one at the Wuhan CDC and the other at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That paper was taken down within a few days, um, and as we now know, People in China who are trying to write about and trying to warn about what was going on in Wuhan found themselves silenced pretty darn quick
0: by by the police. Right, right, yeah. I, I want to talk to you. I want to make sure that we don't run out of time. Uh, and we get a, two particular issues. And there's lots to talk about because your book is fascinating. But I want to talk to you about the undeclared interests that you write about because ah. that's really something. And the, uh, Anthony Fauci's name pops up. Well, Sure. Elaine, I, um, we, we touched on whether or not uh, COVID is, is, a, is a lab creation. And, and one way that I can ask you about that is by just focusing or asking you to focus on one part of your book, which deals with undeclared interests. Can we put that together?
1: We can. So the Wuhan Institute of Virology has the largest known collection of genome sequences of coronaviruses, of which there are many in the world. Uh, They have been doing that since 2003, since the first SARS uh, pandemic. And they've been trying to understand how it is that bats, for example, circulate these viruses without being made sick, how many of these viral strains are out there, etc. In this work, they have been funded primarily not only from Chinese funding sources, but from American funding sources. Through an organization called Echo Health Alliance, which is a nonprofit, a charity run out of New York by a guy named Peter Dajak. Both the U.S. State Department, through its USAID, and the National Institutes of Health, which brings us to Dr. Fauci, have been funding research on making coronaviruses, um, in effect, more infectious to see if you can actually figure out whether or not the virus is circulating and bats might jump to humans. That work has been uh, going on since basically 2014. 20, actually, 2009, I think, is when it started. So both the United States and the government of China had an interest in quashing the notion of a possible lab leak in Wuhan right from the get-go. And both groups uh, actually militated to make certain that papers were published in journals like The Lancet and in Nature, which diverted attention uh, from any possibility of a lab leak, because both governments had been involved in funding work that might have led to such a leak. And when those papers were published in Nature and in The Lancet, uh, those who were publishing them did not mention that they had this competing interest, which is to say they may have funded the work.
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, I, I, if this was television, you'd see my head doing a Linda Blair.
1: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that.
0: <laughs> but but it, it is it's stunning. It's it stunning, stunning because it's, it's outrageous. It is fact, outrageous.
1: The first guys who who sequenced the first genome of SARS-CoV two included a guy named Eddie Holmes, who is at both the University of Sydney and the University of Fudan in Shanghai. Eddie Holmes and another guy named Christian Anderson, who, who was the lead author on that Nature article I mentioned, and who is at the Scripps, which is, was hauled out of terrible financial trouble by China. Um, <laughs> both these guys phoned Dr. Fauci on the 31st of January of 2020 to say, you know, our examination of the genome suggests it might have been a small portion of it made in a lab. There was a a meeting the very next day with Fauci, uh, Francis Collins, who's head of the NIH, a guy who's head of the Wellcome Trust in Britain, uh, and Christian Anderson and um, Eddie Holmes. And within two days of that meeting, uh, Christian Anderson was trying to make a letter being written to the White House about um, whether or not there was some kind of strange origin to this virus, making that letter more strikingly um, outrageous to say no possibility of a lab leak. That's a conspiracy theory, uh, you know, ridiculous idea.
0: Okay. um, we have three and a half minutes. I have to get to the National Microbiology Lab in Winnipeg. So it's been creating headlines because in 2019, two researchers were removed from the supposedly ultra secure lab by the RCMP and their security clearances were revoked. What did you find out about these two researchers and what's the big picture story surrounding the Winnipeg Lab? And it's a big issue in Parliament with Trudeau's Liberal government going to court, suing the Speaker of the House in order to attempt to block a parliamentary committee demand that MPs have the right to see unredacted documents concerning the situation. Wasn't then in the middle the of the election campaign, no, they withdraw the case, right? It,
1: it wasn't just the parliamentary committee. It was a resolution of the House, which was passed. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Okay. So, well, Huge story. So the, the two people in that lab, shang Qiu and her husband, Kenning Cheng, arrived in this country sometime in 97 uh, from the University of Texas and before that from China. Uh, with By 2003, they were both working with people at uh, the National Microbiology Lab, the only level four in Canada, the only level four lab, highest containment lab in the world, which does both animal and human pathogens under the same roof. Shang Yu Q rapidly became an expert in Ebola, and by 2014, seriously important people within the virology community in China were walking into that lab and working with Shang Yu Q on Ebola and other uh, serious pathogens. Among the serious people who came in was a fellow named George Gao, who is now the head of the China CDC. It's important to understand that when Xi Jinping became president of China, the division between civilian and military research ended. So if you were a civilian researcher doing stuff of interest to the military, you handed it over and vice versa. So shortly after George uh, Gao began to do a paper with Shang Yu-Qi, along came a person by the name of Chen Wei, who is, in fact, a major general in the People's Liberation Army. And she did a paper on treatment uh, of Ebola with shang yu that was published in 2016. In 2020, after these two had already been marched out of the lab, their security clearances withdrawn, another paper was produced, again with, by Shang-Yu-Q and Chen Wei, uh, and published in a peer-reviewed journal in March of 2020. Somehow, in spite of the fact that her security clearance had been withdrawn, she was still able to access her data, which is part of a security clearance. You can't be secretly cleared without the data you have also being secret cleared. Um, and no one has explained that. How did that happen?
0: Yeah, that how, could, major how does the General happen? and
1: the People's Liberation Army yeah. end up working in a lab which requires a secret security clearance to enter?
0: There are so many... There's so many angles and and issues and questions surrounding COVID, and I'm 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 still reading your book, but I'm really enjoying it. What? Uh, on the origin of the deadliest pandemic in um, in 100 years. The author is Al- Elaine Dewar, and it's available on Amazon. Where else? Uh, any independent bookstore at Indigo, anywhere you want, it's there. <laughs>